Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with Spring and Andrew, and we are here to answer all of your questions about sex, about relationships, about what happens in sex and relationships. How are you doing today, Andrew? I'm having a great day. Uh, It is beautiful. It is spring-like. I had a fantastic weekend where I laid by a swimming pool with sunscreen on and a towel over me and a shirt on, protecting myself from the terrible fury of the Florida sun. Um, But no, I'm having a great day and uh, I'm really excited to be here. I I love talking about sex and all of the things related to sex. And I think it's a real privilege that Sprig and I get to he- do that and talk with all of you every week. So um, keep those questions coming. We love hearing from you. How are you doing, Spring? You know, I laid out this weekend also, but it was on a human-sized spider web um, at a immersive art experience in New York City where we got to be spiders. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that is a thing that you could choose <laughs> to do it reminds me of the time you and i did trapeze together um and we sort of like laid around on the trapeze net after flipping around (laughs) and doing flips in the air is it it a lot like like that that? it was just like that yeah um except we got to feel the vibrations of like um how spiders communicate as if we were the spiders on the net which was pretty cool it was like a it was like a concert that you felt through your body. I saw an ad for a new kind of concert that they're doing here uh, in Miami where like they play loud music, like there's a live musical band, but they play their music in a way where it's underwater and you lay in water in a special suit that makes you like completely float and music's supposed to pump through. I keep thinking about doing it, but now I'm going to be like, Am I a mother? My mother tucking spider? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so cool to experience our senses in, you know, so many different ways. And, you know, I think that like, is that not sexuality right there? Like experiencing all of our senses and really like getting in touch with them. I mean, did you think the spider thing was sexy or did you think it was like kind of absurd and ridiculous? Oh, no, I thought it was super cool. Um, I didn't. I did. You know, looking at the pictures, I did look kind of sexy as a big spider. (laughs) Wow. All right, everybody. Next week, the six questions that you're all going to submit are, what is Black Widow Syndrome? All right. So uh, let's see. It's March. And we've been talking about media madness in March. Uh, And what's our question for today? Well, today we're talking about the medicalization of sexuality. So... What does that mean? Let's start with that. What do we mean by medicalizing sexuality? So sexuality is something that we talk a lot on here and we talk about, we joke that the answer to like every sexual problem is communication. And so the medicalization of that is saying, oh no, there's a drug (laughs) that can fix every problem and that that is your first stop that that should be where you go first. I was at a hotel over the weekend and one of the nights I went to bed early, like not super early, but like at midnight um, and there was a Harry Potter movie on. It was the last one 
Harry Potter. There's a lot of issues there at J.K. Rowling, but we're not going to talk about that today. Um, There's so many ads trying to sell me drugs to fix my body, my face, my sexuality, my fat, my penis, my brain, my emotions, my libido. Like sometimes the same commercial would appear twice in the same commercial segment. And that's really what Spring and I are talking about today. Not about the Harry Potter part, but... (laughs) Right. If it's Harry Potter, they'd just be magic to give you an erection or make you fall in love. No, um, <laughs> we're talking about how um, there's been this big push over the last 20 or 30 years where everything, especially if you're in the United States, there's only a few countries where you really see it because in most parts of the world, it's illegal for pe- for drug manufacturers to have direct to consumer ads because the consumer should not be the person who's going to the doctor saying like, hey, have you heard of this drug? I think I might need it. It's the doctor's. Anyway, it's a messed up system in the United States, but um, because of that system, sex and relationships and communication and love have all been medicalized. And we're going to talk a little bit about each of those today. But essentially, if you go back over the past 200 episodes of The Sex Wrap, there's a pill for that. The pill is communication? Or wait, I mean, is the pill our podcast? I mean, right. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean we, like the sex pill we could re- rename ourselves the sex rep, the sex pill. Uh, it doesn't, it doesn't have the same sort of meeting. And, and no, I mean, there are times and there are places where you do need medical intervention to address issues. Right. And spring and I are not saying that, you know, people don't live inside of context or there aren't issues where you need it. But if you are in the United States today and you are exposed to the media, the media has medicalized every single aspect of you and your sexual life. And most of the time that medicalization is not about you having good sex or feeling good about your body or you having healthy relationships. It's about a soulless corporation making profit off of making you feel insecure about all of those parts. And that, I mean, whenever someone, we talk about medicalization of sex, when someone mentions it to me, that's what really bothers me. Like someone has turned you into a mechanism for profit for their company by convincing you that there's all of these other issues that can be fixed instead of with conversation and with hard work, you fix it by taking a pill. And sometimes the work isn't even really that hard. (laughs) It's just, it's just, like it's actually much faster than going to a doctor, getting the prescription, getting the pill, taking it. Like it's actually, you can do it in just one afternoon. You can take care of it or at least start to take care of it and start to address it very quickly. And I think, um, yeah, that's what we're doing all month. We're talking about increasing your sexual media literacy, right? It's not just media literacy. We're talking specifically sexual media literacy and learning like, okay, what what is the truth out here? Because nobody's doing that. <laughs> Are you saying that there's misinformation campaigns about sexuality? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing is, no matter where you look, we're inundated with these medicalization messages. And often you don't even know, like, or understand what's going on. Um, Like, we're going to drop sex and relationships from the conversation for just a second, right? If you are on Instagram, and I hope you follow us and nobody else, um, (laughs) constantly you'll see really buff or really thin or really fit people medicalizing, like, what you should look like or what beauty looks like. And in that medicalization process they're going to sell you something and that they're going to sell you a pre-workout and they're going to sell you a post-workout and they're going to sell you a drug to help you sleep better, to grow more muscle mass. And they're going to sell you a drug to make your skin look clear. They're going to, they're going to medicalize every single step of you in that process to look like that body 
on Instagram. And I mean, and I've said it before, and Spring has said it before, the bodies that you see on Instagram that are selling you things, it's their job to look that way. And it's their job to sell you something. And taking a pill is not going to get you there. And that's the other problem often with medicalization is that there's this ephemeral dream of improvement through taking a pill. But the actual reality is the pill probably isn't going to get you to where the video or the commercial or the Instagram model is. Um, And often there's a lot of side effects that are pretty negative in what goes on with the medicalization or the medical things that they're selling you. I think the, the medical things that I get advertisements for on the internet I mean, it just blows my mind like for every single inch of your body from the top of your head with like laser heated scalp hair regrowth systems to the bottom of your feet with masks and scrubs to make your feet look perfect and unused like oh, every single baby foot um anyway uh <laughs> yeah yeah but i think you know that another thing that is problematic with this medicalization is that yeah then you're taking pills and then you're also potentially having side effects from the pills and then there's also i think some mental health um like disadvantages that are going to go along with that because then you're expecting immediate great results and then when those don't happen then it's almost like oh there's something even more wrong with me right and so it can actually spiral even further so the medicalization then becomes like a negative feedback loop where it's just gonna like keep you in it and so because people don't get magic results (laughs) from taking pills right and so you often still need to do this other work. And so that's what we're saying. Like, how about try these other things first? That's where that's where we're really going to get to today. How about you try communicating first and then maybe we go there. But I'm jumping ahead a bit. Jumping ahead. And we're just going to jump into some ads. I hope none of our ads today are medical Ooh, medicalization so of sex. Awkward. If it happens, let us know. Like, take a little clip of it. We have not approved any of those ads. So, no. yeah. <laughs> But we will be right back to keep talking about hopefully what is not going to happen right now. All right, be right back. All right, everybody, welcome back to The Sex Wrap. You're here today with Spring and Andrew. And today we're talking about some of the issues that come up when you medicalize sexuality and then the things that happen in terms of media and advertisements, right? Um, And we were sort of talking about how it can set you up for like these really high expectations. Like you take this pill and all of a sudden everything's going to be better and it's going to fix all of your issues and you're going to have the body that you want or you're going to have the orgasm that you want or your penis is going to grow six sizes in two weeks. Can we talk about that for just a second? Yeah. I mean, do people still get a lot of emails trying to get your penis to grow? I um, remember I used to get the back when I get so many penis growth emails. My social media gets it. Um, if I'm looking at videos on the internet, even things like YouTube, like take this pill to grow your penis. And then if you're on adult websites on top of that, there are like these very visual ads showing all of that. Um, Now, most of the time on my computers, I have Adblock Plus running, and then I also have uh, Ghostery running. I have two different ad blocker ads. So I don't see a ton, but a bunch of them sneak through. Um, One of the big issues with these ads is they both develop you know, they, they try to develop inside of you some feelings of inadequacy. Sorry, they're developing inside of you? 
Yeah, they develop ads. Like these ads are trying to get you to question the validity of your own body. Take this pill and your breast will be bigger. Take these pill and your dick will be bigger. But what they're really saying is that you're not good enough and your body isn't good enough and your penis isn't big enough and your breasts aren't perky enough and you don't have enough hair. It's like it's feeding you all of that information. And then people start internalizing it and it grows. Like right? I all of a sudden, you're like, oh, is my penis big enough? Oh, are my breasts big enough? Oh, do I have enough hair? Um, so you start asking these questions. And then what happens over time is when you see enough of these ads, or you get enough of these emails, eventually you're like, oh, well, you know, I could just take a pill and I could get a bigger penis. And let's talk about erections also, because this, I think, is an even bigger problem with erections, because we see so many pills saying, okay, is your erection not good enough? Is it not hard enough? It does it not last long enough, right? And so the exact same thing that Andrew is talking about happens with erections. And erections can be delicate at little things. We know this, that what happens in the head highly affects your ability to have an erection, right? So if this little brain worm from the medicalization of erections gets into your head and starts eating away in there, and then you're starting to think, oh, is my erection hard enough? Is it long enough? Then guess what's going to happen? It's going to fail. It's <laughs> not going to be hard enough. It's not going to be long enough. Right. Now, there are pills, right? Like, all right, if it's an herbal supplement and it's promising to give you an erection, you should probably not take it because it has not been approved by the FDA. And a lot of the drugs in there um, are psychoactive or physiologically active, but they do things like change the blood pressure of your entire body. Like, probably don't want to be doing that on a regular basis. Or some of them increase your blood pressure. Some of them are just a ton of caffeine. Like there's all kinds of weird stuff. If you're taking a pill called like the pretty pink pussy pill for women, which I just saw advertised a few days ago, I looked at the <laughs> ingredient list of it. I was like, this is just the same stuff they keep putting out there that makes your head feel a little bit funny because it's a whole bunch of like ginkgo biloba and a whole bunch of caffeine and a whole bunch of like green tea extract thrown in. Like that's not about erections. And if you want a bigger penis, there is no pill. There, there is no pill, even though they constantly advertise them for you. Like if there was a pill that increased the size of men's penises, there would be like half of the male population would be walking around with like 18 inch dongs. Like it just there's no pill. Like, And if this is really bad news for you, um, it, it actually isn't because we can get that earworm out. You can talk with Spring and I about it. We can be like, no, 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 no. Your pill is fine. We have an episode about this. Like we can, we've, we, we've talked fine? about it. Is that oh, yeah, you your, your pill is not fine. Your penis, <laughs> your your penis, penis is, is, just, is just fine. <laughs> your penis um, is perfect. And if you're having erectile dysfunction issues, if you're having problems getting erections, you should probably talk to somebody about it first. Talk to a therapist or a sex therapist. Um, and if you're running right to Viagra or Cialis or Levitra or Tadatafil or the many other pills out there that are supposed to help with erections, like certainly they can work and some men need them and that's great. But you're usually better off addressing the issue psychologically, talking with your partner, thinking about what's going on in your life around you. If you're super stressed out, if you're not working out, if you have declining cardiovascular health, if any of those things are happening, you probably want to address that instead of taking a pill, right? Because often the medicalization, if you're taking a pill to address an issue, it's masking what's really going on inside of your body or your heart or your brain. And that's the important part. And the pill... The pill isn't magic. Like if you are having so much going on in your head that you're not able to get or keep an erection, the pill isn't always going to like just 
overwrite that. So it's, it's like, it's not going to do it unless you do this, do this fundamental work, which is talking with someone about what's happening for you, talking about, you know, what emotions you're having, what's coming up, like, what are you associating with this? What's happened in past experiences? What's happened with this partner before? What's going on between you emotionally with this partner right now? Like all of these things, right? All of these things are impacting that ability to get and keep that erection. And so if you don't address those things and you just jump straight to the pill, it might work, (laughs) but it's not necessarily going to work. And that's the thing that you're probably going to have to do this anyway. So if you consider the communication part, the harder step for you or the step that you don't want to do, you're probably not going to get away with it. Yeah. They're just like little band-aids, right? Most of the time over other issues or problems inside of our lives. Then we're better off addressing those issues for real rather than just treating a symptom. Um, and, and I mean, it just blows me away that they're everywhere. Uh, all right. Okay. Are we going to talk about females now? I mean, I, I, that's why I took a pause. I'm like, so, okay. so when I think about women, all right, the entire advertising world for women is like, this is the process, right? It is, first of all, make you feel bad about yourself, right? And then make you feel like depressed in the long term, and then make you feel like you're not good enough to be in a relationship, and then offer you a quick and easy solution that requires no work at all. And then bam, profit. Um, that's it. That's that's for women. That's like makeup. That's clothing. That's jewelry. That's libido. That's birth control. That's hair. It's the whole package. It's the same thing. This is what I think they do with um, sexuality for women. They say, oh, it's all just so complicated. Here, take a pill. It'll be easier. (laughs) I was actually reading uh, a clinical trial report of like one of the libido pills that's available for women now. Um, And you take it, you take it for a long time. You can't drink any alcohol when you're on it at all, ever, which is great, you know, if you don't drink. But the vast majority of adults in the United States occasionally like to have a few cocktails or half of four bottles of wine after a bad work week. But but we're not judging on either side. Um, And then the increases in libido are microscopic like if there is a success rate like the women who took the pill for 90 days reported a two percent increase like that's just noise it's very small it's it's very 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 small it could just be that they weren't drinking it could be that or (laughs) that earworm that we were talking about is in their head and all of a sudden they're taking a pill and the pill is that placebo effect of getting rid of some of that as well. Um, And I'm not saying that it's bad research that the companies are doing. And I'm not saying that it's bad that people are trying to produce pills to increase women's libido or increase their lubrication or increase any of their like sexual desires. We're just saying be critical and also think about what else could help you. Like I am not a woman. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm able to empathize with women (laughs) in the world. I've read the texts that they get on the internet. I've, or the messages they get on the internet. I've looked at their dating apps and seen like the vile messages that they get. Like, of course they're going to have like low libido and, and, and sex, not, not want to have sex. Like I wouldn't want to have sex either. If I just got like a nonstop stream of dick pics and sexual threats, like that's the problem. Right. Yeah. A pill is not going to fix all of 
the issues surrounding women's sexuality. Uh, but we keep trying. We keep trying. And yeah, so if you're not in a relationship with a partner that's like a stable, longer term partner that you can really communicate with. Yeah, it's even more of a problem to be able to um, orgasm and to to be lubricated and to be excited for a lot of women. And there's something about, you know, the sense of safety that's important for a woman's availability of this whole orgasmic process, right? And the sense of safety in the dating app world is it's very, very bad. Hard to find. Yeah. Well, when we talk to women about those experiences, right? Like even the conversations we have about something like birth control, which is often medicalized as well. um, All of the responsibility falls on women there. And then all of the consequences also fall on women. And then on top of it, we have a lot of states in the United States that are trying to like codify into law, any potential birth control failure, like, Obviously, you're not going to want to have sex with all of that hanging over your head. Yeah. I. How can you? <laughs> I mean, you can, but you're definitely not going to orgasm or like be relaxed yeah. enough or be able to like enjoy that. And we know that men and women, right, uh, if they're in situations and like this is lesbian, this is gay, this is trans, like this is the whole spectrum of everybody. If you are comfortable in your situation and you don't have like seven layers of concern floating in your head on top of it, like, am I going to be pregnant? Is he going to stay? Oh my gosh, why am I doing this? Shame, guilt, anxiety. Is it big enough? Like, am I thin enough? Like, if you have all of that sitting on your head, your sex is going to be bad sex. Yeah. And the more you communicate, a lot of those layers are going to start to fall away because a lot of those layers are insecurities. A lot of those layers are uncertainties. And when you start to have these conversations and like, you know, there's a lot of fear about like, Oh, do they like this? Are they enjoying this? And there's one really amazing way to know. And that's to ask somebody. I know, I know, I know. It seems crazy. <laughs> it seems crazy. What? <laughs> but, what? but yeah, you can communicate during sexual activity. And so all of this communication, it's not just it's not just out of the bedroom. It's also in the bedroom. It's also before. It's also after. It's all of this communication that's going to impact these issues. It's all around. And it's not that hard to do, right? You just have to start practicing. We've talked about it before. Like, there's We've no big. About it on every episode. There's, there's no big like just the tip lesson about this. It's like you just start practicing with your with yourself first. Write it down. Write a message. Talk to your friends. Talk to your partners. Put it in your dating app, right? If you're on Hinge, put some of those questions there. Not like a self-deprecating insecure question, but an affirming question about something that you need or something that you want. Um, I think society does a lot of disservice to men with all of these products because men are told to not ask for directions, that they're expected to be perfect, that they're expected to feel turned on, that they're expected to get an erection whenever they want, they're expected to have high libido. And that's part of the problem, right? The media has created that on purpose to make men feel inadequate and insecure so that they have to buy a bill. At the same time, uh, the media has done a really terrible job for women as well, right? Like women have to be perfect and look nice and be lubricated and have an orgasm every single time and not need like emotional connection or safety. Uh, and pregnancy doesn't happen and abortion doesn't 
you don't have to think about it. Like on both sides, right? Men and women, gay, straight, and everything in between, all genders, all sexualities, we're, we receive from the media these really powerful messages that really are the opposite of what we need to do if we need to have healthy sexual relationships with other human beings. And as soon as we believe those messages or those messages earworm in, they offer us a pill to fix it. And that's the medicalization. And medicalization is not just pills, right? It is sprays. It is creams. It is devices. It is kinds of pants. It's the clothes that we wear. It's the spanks that we wear. That's what Spring and I are talking about. That medicalization of sex is every single aspect of our sexual health relationships, communication, desire, libido, uh, orgasmic potential. And I mean, you can go back to what we were talking about last week too, with the Hollywood expectations of sex and love. And you can consider that a medicalization too, right? Because it's saying this is the way that it should be. And if your life doesn't look like this, then it's a problem. And so all of this is like, okay, let us stop and let us say, is this is this real? Is this a reality? Is there something wrong with me? Or is it just all of these messages that have been surrounding me forever telling me that? And chances are, it's just the messages. <laughs> chances it's are. Just those, just those messages. Nothing wrong with you. And, and sometimes it can feel like there's something wrong with you because there's something you need to communicate about. And I, I, you know, actually, I'm just going to sell a magic pill right here. Um, guys, everyone out there, communication, you can have it. It's free. It's free. I'm you just going to give it, it to you. Like Patreon. No, 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 no. We need a Patreon where they can <laughs> okay. buy it from. All right. We need to take a short break. We'll be right back to talk about this fabulous free pill that Spring is offering. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back to The Sex Wrap. We're going to close out our episode today. We're talking about medicalization of sex and some of the issues that come with it. Um, we're going to close it out by talking about some things that we can do to address this overall issue. And we've been talking about communication, that that pill that Spring and I offer you for free every single week. You just listen to our episodes <laughs> and then do something with them, right? That's the next step. Uh, Practice. Kind of like practice, just like talk, have a friend, talk to somebody about it. Or if talk you don't to have someone. someone to talk to about it, come on to our, uh, our Instagram and just, you know, respond to some of the posts. We post every single day. We have stories every single day. Just jump on in and start a conversation, ask a question. Uh, like you can practice this in really safe ways too. You don't have to put yourself totally on the line to get into it. Um, there are some other things though, I think that we need to work on. I mean, this practicing can even just be like talking to a friend about listening to this episode, right? Like that is practicing good sexuality communication, just saying some of the things you learned, some of the things we talked about, like, and then rephrasing those and just having a conversation with your friend about those things that you learned and the things that were interesting to you and the things that you already knew, whatever it is, right? That is practicing sexuality communication. And all of that, makes a difference every, every single time. Yep. So get that practice in. There's some other things that I'm going to ask you to do though. Right. And literacy is important, like learning how to read, et cetera. You all have some pretty nice technological literacy because you got here, you're listening to us. If you're on Instagram, you probably have some literacy there as well, but you really need a kind of 
literacy discernment, whenever any advertisement pops up ever from anywhere, you need to look at it from a space where, what is this advertisement trying to do? If it's trying to sell something, right? Who's trying to sell it? And then what is the rationale behind the development and why am I seeing it? And when you look at every single ad from that context, someone's trying to make you feel bad about yourself. Someone's trying to make you question yourself. Someone's trying to make you feel not good enough. Someone's trying to sell you something to address any of those issues, right? That's the problem. Um, But it's not as much of a problem if you start questioning and looking at all of those ads. If someone's trying to sell you a pill to make you more lubricated or, or you like have a better erection or to get rid of those voices in your head saying like, oh, I feel pretty bad about myself. Like that's what you need to question. So I think that, you know, there's this like constant practice that we're trying to do. And I would suggest that anytime you're feeling bad, anytime you're feeling negative, like anytime you're feeling some of these thoughts that feel like they're telling you you're not good enough, like take a moment to jot down and journal just like in your phone, on a page, on a computer, wherever you are, take a moment to jot it down. And then like, think, what were you doing just before that? right? Like what, what was just happening? Were you just scrolling Instagram? Did you just see an ad for something? Did you just hear an ad for something? Right. And take a moment to look to see what else is surrounding that feeling, because sometimes we get into that feeling and then we're just in the feeling and we don't stop to say like, okay, what are some of the things that could be causing this? What are some of the things that could be, um, triggering this emotion right now. And when we take the time to do that, we can also learn to prevent those in some ways, right? Because sometimes it is the scrolling or it is um, watching a certain show or something that is telling you these messages and it might not seem that overt, but when you take a moment to pause, you can say, oh, that's what's doing it. (laughs) That's what's affecting me. And then once you figure out what those things are, you either A, cut them out of your life. It's like, I don't need this thing that's going to make me have these negative thoughts. Or B, you start critiquing it. Every time you see that ad pop up that's trying to medicalize an aspect of your sexuality, you're like, huh, I see what they're doing. And the more you practice that kind of thought process, the less impactful it is. Now, unfortunately... Like the strategies that Spring and I are talking about do not work in one day. They don't work in one week. You have to start practicing them today and then work on them for weeks or years or decades before you can kind of undo all of the noise that's been built up in your head by these medicalizing ads. Like it takes a long time. Now, sexual communication with your partner is probably the fastest way or partners. You might have multiple having conversations and working through it, but Like advertisement discernment, advertisement literacy, it will take you a while. But once you get into it and once you see it, like if you're like me, you just get like really angry every time you see an ad everywhere. Like, oh my gosh, they're trying to tell me that X part of my body isn't good enough and they're trying to sell me Y to fix those issues. And then I don't buy Y most of the time. Occasionally I'm still weak and I like, ooh, Instagram (laughs) tells me if I buy this underwear, my ass will look three times as juicy. (laughs) It looked three times as something by the time I put it on. That's a true story. But it's that discernment, that literacy. I bought the TikTok pants. They didn't work for me. No, they they did not work. They did not. 
<laughs> okay, so nobody's perfect. That's what we're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, what are we, like, Spring and I do this for a living, everybody. It is our job literally to talk with you and do the research and write papers and, you know, all over the world, Spring and I are having this conversation. And for us, we're still works in progress. So like the things that we're talking about today, like we work on all the time, but you know, occasionally you're like, maybe, maybe that makeup will make all the blackheads pop out of my skin, or maybe that pill <laughs> will make it so I can have sex 10 times in a row. Like, don't buy the pill. If you're putting it into your mouth as a pill, as a supplement, like do not do that one. You're much better off being weak with a pair of underwear that make you look really funny. <laughs> Yeah. It took yeah. 90 days to get here too. I bought it like three months ago. It was really disappointing. <laughs> um, I would like to see this underwear. Um, <laughs> but... I'll show you the next time you were here. I, I did not throw them away because they are so bizarre. <laughs> oh, all right, everybody. Do we have any like final thoughts or final words talking about this? Medicalization really means uh, uh, and all of the ads surrounding it means that they're trying to sell you that you are the problem and that there's a pill to fix it or a device to fix it. When most of the time you don't need a pill and you don't need a device to fix it. You can fix it working with yourself, with a partner, with a therapist, and then it's permanently better and you never have to buy another pill or use another device. I, I do want to say, though, there are people who do need pills to address issues, right? There yeah. are some kinds of health issues where you do need to take a pill to fix it. And if that's the case, that's great. But make sure you're doing all of your due diligence and work and research and working in that kind of advertisement health literacy, like really understand what the ad's trying to sell you before you dive in. Yeah. And it's like, the more support you have in this, the easier it's going to be. So, you know, listening to podcasts like this definitely is going to support that journey for you. Um, finding other podcasts, other things to read, other friends that are interested in doing this. Like um, the more you recruit support around you, then the more successful you're going to be at that also. And so you can even like, I mean, I have like a meditation club with a friend, you know, like we are, we check in because like, that's important to me. And I need like some support in doing that. Right. I need some support. I need someone to check in. I need some accountability. And so you can also build in those types of things too. Like where maybe you have a friend where you like, um, every time you see an ad, you like check in with them and talk about what's wrong with it or how it made you feel. So you can build in like supports in your life to help you do these things, to help you get better at them, to help you be more successful. Successful. All right. Well, I think that's about it for our episode today. I really do want to know what the advertisements that were on in the like in the middle, like during our of ad this, breaks of this episode. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Oh. Um, but. If you have any questions about this episode or any follow-up, if you see an ad that's particularly egregious and terrible, you should DM us. You should like you can send us an email or the sexwrap at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to talk with you about like the crazy ads that you see out there as well. Um if you have any questions about this or any other episodes, any other questions about sex or relationships or sexual communication or sexual health, we would love to hear from you. Um, you can email us with a sexwrap at gmail.com. That's wrap with a W, like wrap it up. You can find <laughs> us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at the sex rep. Check us out. We post all the time. And you can call us at 413 wrap it. Thanks for listening today, everyone. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too af <laughs> Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder.
the Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.